the greater purpose is always about God loving us. He calls us to be His children in every way. Now Paul is doing his ministry to the Gentiles. He is sharing the gospel to a people who have been pagan, lost. They now are coming into this good news that Jesus is Lord. And he says of this gospel, I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of his power. Although I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that, so that through the church the wisdom of God in his rich variety it might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. I pray, therefore, that you may not lose heart over my sufferings for you. They are your glory. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, as we enter this new day, let this word make manifest the truth of your grace in our midst. Let us know that it is important what we are doing far more than we ever could imagine. We are called to be faithful in a time where faith is hard to find. We are called to be a people of hope, even though things at times seem hopeless. Lord, let us embrace this new year, not in fear, but in faith. In Jesus' holy, sweet name we pray. Amen. Well, it's already started out to be a bad year. Let me see if I can find it here. I, uh, oh, yeah. I'm trying to find out where I lost my button. See there? Look here. Oh, that's the wrong side here. Here it is. See there? That one's about to fall off, and this one fell off. I found my button now. It was in the office. So it fell off either this morning or last week or last Sunday, I don't know. But I found my button, and that's very important. How many of you have a box of buttons of every kind? I know that some, they keep a box of buttons. And, uh, of course, in my family, me and my uncle and my cousins, we used a different thing for buttons. We played uh, cards with buttons, and I know Grandma never liked that. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't like that, but we didn't use real money because, well, we're Smiths, and we're, we're stingy on that, but uh, we use buttons. But today, we're going to talk about how we are called to find what we have lost. And in this day and age, we have seemingly lost some important things as a people, as a nation, even as a church in our denomination. So Paul is writing this gospel, and he says, Of this gospel I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of his power. So he's describing himself in his role as serving the kingdom. Not serving people, but serving God. In fact, often he describes himself as a slave, one who was purchased by the blood of Christ. Paul is establishing his, you could say, credentials to a pagan world. That's very important that a person establish where they're coming from as, as they deal with 
uh, issues and complications around relationships, it's important to know who we are and whose we are, where we're coming from. In fact, it's a lot like a job interview for Paul. You know, in a job interview, you go in and you meet the person. I used to help with the interviews up at Lake Genalaska a lot, and young people would come and others would come wanting a job, and the first thing they would always say is, I'm a people person. <laughs> and I would always say, that's good. That's good to be a people person because you're going to be dealing with a lot of people, and you need to be a people person. We don't need you to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, just cantankerous and hateful to people coming up to the Lambeth to get a room. We don't, we don't need that. We need a people person. Well, Paul was saying that what makes me who I am, my personal skills, it's the gospel. He says, of this gospel, I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of his power. Now, that's what this whole day is. As we come here, just at Epiphany, and we realize that God's light is shining around us. So the big picture is we need to look for the good, the light that is shining. Where is the light shining? It's shining this morning on this pulpit. Isn't that something that makes my hair kind of all glowy and everything? Cecil B. DeMille, he used to make the movies like the Ten Commandments. I always loved that scene where Moses comes off the mountain and his hair is just shining, you know, and he's coming down and he's speaking the word of God that spoke to him with the commandments. Cecil B. DeMille, isn't that something? That he's able to show on film this moment of saying, this is who I am. And God has surrounded everyone here with that light. We each are, are servants of the light. We're children of the light. We're given possibilities. So where is your light shining, my light shining in the year 2020? Well, my light shining because I found the button I lost. If I wouldn't have found that button, this, this coat would have been a mess. Leona would have tried. I can't sew. How many here are guilty of that? I can't sew. I should have gotten a merit badge but never did. I can't sew. I would poke my fingers. It's terrible. But I found a button and that's a good step, you know. I even announce at home when I take out the trash. How many others do that? I, I, I announce I took out the trash. Because they need to know. Everybody needs to know it. The kitty needs to know it. Puppy needs to know it. Leona definitely. I took out the trash. See, where is your light shining for this new year? Well, it's hard to uh, understand where the light's shining when our vision is clouded by doubt and despair. Uh, by the way, the news report out of WREL was a false news report. Uh, when they said we're not an evangelical church, we created evangelical church along with the Presbyterians and early uh, just the American whole frontier. In fact, I worked for the e just Foundation for Evangelism. What it was trying to say is that the bishops have released a report that is laying down the groundwork where the church can make a decision about which understanding they're going to follow. And it's probably going to follow into three areas, what we call the traditional, a conservative, and then a liberal element. And what it means is Methodism will become a confederation of these three, most likely, but we do not know until uh, the vote that happens. But I can tell you that it wasn't bad news, even though it was made to be bad news. 
But then again, a lot of news is being made to be bad news. I remember uh, when I was younger, when I would tell my parents a report after coming back from college, I always wanted to start out with the good news first, right? Because that way you tell them the good news. Well, I made the tennis team at Methodist. I'm going to be a letterman. I'm, I'm actually pretty good. You know, bad news is I made a C in biology. It's just something about biology. I just, I don't know. There's too many details. It's stuff I don't understand. Because biology deals with the little things. Right? The little things. You have to measure it to the little degree. And me, I like the big things. So that's why theology instead of biology is good for me. Because I deal with the big things. And the big thing here is Paul is saying that I have been made a servant of this light in this power of God. Isn't that amazing? Last Sunday, I had a couple people call me, talk to me during the week. It, it doesn't happen often, but they said, Preacher, that was one of the greatest sermons you ever preached last Sunday. I, see, I told you, I took out the trash. I want to tell everybody. And it was pretty good. I listened to it and everything. It, it was actually pretty good. But little did I know when I was preaching, it was run, Hide, fight, remember? Oh, you missed a good one if you missed it, I tell you that. Run, hide, fight, and lo and behold, in Texas, something happened that was the sermon. I even said the week will not pass without something happening. How did I know that? Well, it's not hard to figure it out. Nation that's turned its back on God, that now claims atheism and agnostic beliefs as its core, value attacks the church on a daily basis and makes us to be a bad part of society well did you did you know that e even even this has gone to higher levels and, and it's just understandable but let's get back to the light to the big picture you see how it can cloud our vision he says this is how I will express this to you although I am the very least of all the saints. This grace was given to me to bring the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ. See, that's the good news. That, that's the big picture. That's the light that shines. I'm, I'm nobody apart from Christ, but I'm somebody in Christ. I don't notice my button is missing. I'm telling you, it's really embarrassing. It's, it's the button. I can't. Yeah, there it is. Sort of. I can't. There it is. See, I tell you, you're in bad shape when you lose your button and don't even know where it fell off. That's the way life is. We live our life. We think we're okay. We're clothed properly. And suddenly, something happens and things break down. And we lose sight of the big picture because we get so caught up in little things. A lot of people don't realize that we're on a journey to heaven. They don't realize we're going to a greater place. They just so earthly can. I don't know the last time we went to Disney World as a family. It's been so long. But I know my job is to get us there when we go. So that don't mean we stop in Georgia. We're going to ride right through Georgia and you children are going to hold it and you're just going to, but that was my little children. 
You ever been on a trip where your parents, they won't stop anywhere and they'll keep going? Because the big picture is the destination. The little picture is the journey. So here we are going to start a new year out, not knowing what it's going to bring for our denomination or even our nation. And we could get caught up in the little things instead of looking at what God is doing. And what God is doing is he's coming again. That's a big picture. And he may be coming this year. That's a big picture. Now, does that mean that we go and hunker down like some churches have done in the past, even in the Bible? Does it mean we run and hide and wait for the end to come? Do we not know that this is not the end, but the new beginning? And we are called to be a congregation of saints. I just walked into the light. Or are we called to be a congregation of sinners? No, we're called to be a congregation of saved. Of being saved. Of being saved from the lives that we would have lived and being saved into the life that God has given us. And that's what Paul is saying here, even though I'm the very least of all the saints. Because nothing really aggravates me more than somebody who thinks they're something they're not. I've just always felt like that's not adequate, that's not true to, to pretend to be something. I serve on the board with Miss Norma for the district, and we see individuals that come that are called into ministry. And it's often just apparent that some we see are humble and they're meek servants and they want to serve God and they're called and they're loved by God and they want to love others and we embrace them. But we also see every now and then, every now and then we'll get somebody who thinks it's all about them and they think it's all about what they think and they don't do so well. Because the truth is, who are we apart from Christ? So Paul is saying when we look at this big picture, we have to see that we're a little part of the big picture. Not a big part of the little picture. You can quote me on that. That's good. It's basically based on the idea, are you a big fish in a little pond or a little fish in a big pond? I went to Methodist College. I was a big fish in a little pond. I held a senator. I held attorney general. I held public defender. I held senator. I held justice, I held vice president, I was treasurer, and I was, uh, I think that's it, seven out of eight positions in the student government. I was a big fish in a little pond. <laughs> if I'd have gone to Carolina, but Lord didn't open the door, and I'd have gone to Duke, which they would have even looked at my application, I would have been a little fish in a big pond. So the big picture is realizing heaven isn't about us. Heaven is about God. And he's made us a little part of heaven. And that little is more than we could ever imagine. See, we are the least, but he is making us the most. This grace is the most. He's given us what only the great and the big gets. He's given us power. I can't even believe our nation was arguing that the man who took down the shooter was somehow wrong. 
somebody asked me, preacher, what do you think about that? And I said, you know, some things could be stupidity, some things could be ignorance, but that's demonic. They said, well, he shouldn't have used it, you know. He shouldn't have uh, had air. How many lives did he save by what he did? And he took the man out with one shot, and I'm not promoting this. This is not what I do. I guarantee you something ever happens here, which it will not, but if it does, the only thing I have to defend is me, myself, and I. As Coach Farrell would say, your job is to be a, just a meat bag on the front line, and your job is just fall down, and you're not important. Just you fall down and clog the middle of the line. Your nose tackle. That's all you're supposed to do. And I did. I, I was very good at falling down. <laughs> and big people falling on top of me. I was that close to the ball every time they hiked it. I wanted to reach out and swipe that Western Hornet ball away where we were playing, y'all. I was that close. And every time I would try, well, the Fair Brothers would land on top of me. You know, they mountain me in on that side. See, I'm the least. But God, by his grace, has made me the most. This grace was given to me to bring the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ. They brought gifts to the baby Jesus. How do we come to God? If he handed? No. We come with the best. We come with the first of offerings. We come uh, expecting God's grace in our life and returning what we have boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. I like mysteries. You like Scooby-Doo? I like Scooby-Doo. I like Scooby-Doo the way he talks. You know, he's not, that's the end. That's the way Scooby-Doo talks. Those kids I'd have got away for with uh, it if it hadn't been for those kids. Those kids meddling in my business. See, the mystery machines, what they called their 1969 van, you know. The mystery. I love a good mystery. So what is this mystery Paul is saying that he wants everybody to see? The plan, hidden, all time. And it tells us next how this mystery unfolds. So that through the church, here, the church. Church isn't important anymore. Somebody can come to Jesus on the internet. They don't need the church, and Lord knows they don't need a preacher. They don't need to be told what to do. They can make up their mind and justify whatever they want to do. We don't need this religion anymore. This Christianity, what meaning does it have for the year 2020? It's antiquated. It's out of date. It follows rituals nobody understands. It speaks a language nobody can interpret. Oh, Lord, that's what I'm hearing from the world and our society right now. The sisters and brothers, the church has been given authority. And we understand that here at Spring Hill. We're not following the old way, we're following God's way. The church has been given authority to be the instrument of God's grace. Because devils come and devils go. And last Sunday in Texas, a devil went because a saint stopped him. Oh, you're not supposed to be political. If, if I'm the shepherd of a you know, flock of sheep and a ravenous wolf comes into the area and starts attacking the sheep, understand 
We may be sheep, but that don't mean we're not caring. If we won't even protect our own children, what righteousness do we have even as a species to claim we need to exist? See, the wisdom the church has is to establish a right and a wrong. To say this is good and this is bad. I know people don't want to hear. I know people want to do whatever they want to do and justify it no matter how they want to do it. But the simple fact of it, if you sin, it has repercussions. It has problems. Sin is a brokenness. It's like that button that fell off my coat. And only Christ can give it back. Only Christ can mend the brokenness. The church has the wisdom of God in His rich variety to make known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places what God has called us to because of the big picture. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that has been carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, I love eternal purpose. I love things that are or about the greater instead of the lesser. I want to know about the big picture instead of the minute detail. Now, others are called to that, and that's good. But for me, I want to hear what God is doing in a big way in your life. Isn't that right, Bryce? You won a race, didn't you? You won more than one, but you won a big race, right? Oh, somebody's so proud of you. I know a whole family is. You even got a new uniform, right, coming with a helmet? I'm not going to make you have to stand up and share that. That's not what my role is. But I do acknowledge and I celebrate that I may know the next Richard Petty. Because that boy loved to drive fast. He's going to either be that or a state patrolman. I don't know. See, I want to know the light that's shining in your life. Preacher, there it is again. Every time I walk to a certain point, light hits me in that sun. I can't stay in it long because it makes my hair do all kinds of weird red things. It's red on that side. I've always wanted, you know, a church that has fans and lights and elevation and all that. And, well, that sounds like a movie. We don't need a movie. This is the preacher that preached on Star Wars. We don't need a movie. We need a faith. We needed eternal purpose. And that eternal purpose is Jesus Christ. He has given us the hope that only He can. Let's keep going to the last verse. In Christ we have access to God's boldness and confidence through faith in Him. We have access to Christ. So what does this mean? Well... Looks like a conflict is coming. There's a buildup. There's 148,000 soldiers. There's many more thousands leaving now. They're building up for a war against Iran. Our denomination is facing a known place we've never been of division, of asunder, brokenness. I'm not feeling too good right now. I don't know why. I just I'm not peak performance. Maybe it's. My heart is sad because my daughter went back into a potential war zone. I do not know. Where's my light? Where's it? There it is. I'm seeing it right here. You are beautiful people. God has blessed us so much. He's put a shield over us in this community. 
Spring Hill is special. We're an anomaly. We're not supposed to be here because we're blessed. You are blessed. We all are blessed. The light is shining. I have a beautiful family. I have a beautiful church. I have beautiful friends. I have beautiful hope. And I found my button. Right here. And it's going to get sewn back on. See, we can choose to stand in the darkness or we can choose to walk into the light. Oh, that's, that's real good. But Lord just uh, moved heaven and earth and made the sun rotate a certain way and shine its rays going through the clouds in the earth's atmosphere to come down to Little Spring Hill and to shine through that window at this moment. So the preacher... My children say I'm very dramatic. I do this all the time. Every time something happens, there's like a butterfly. I say, look at the beautiful butterfly. It's come a cocoon. It was a caterpillar. Now look at it. It's flying. It's so beautiful. And they say, you're so dramatic, Dad. I have to be about things eternal. I have to be about souls being saved. I have to be about hope being found. I have to be that a man will stand up and defend against evil. I have to stand in the light. Because if I don't, I'm just a sad man. And I'm the least. But when I step into the light, I become part of the most. That's a good way to start a new year. Optimism. But Meyer, you go back to NC State and you knock her out. You make the gray. You make the professors go, here she comes. She's number one student. There it is. Because you make your mama proud. And oh, Lord, no, we know your daddy's proud. Look at his shirt. It says NC State. Oh, my mercy. But you make us proud. Because you walk in the light. Amen. Amen. That, that, was, that was fun. That was fun.